my introduction was going to be cute, but now it's just going to be real funny. Have you ever lost something extremely important to you? I got up here and I don't have my glasses. I've lost my glasses. They're not on my head, are they? Oh, throw them. Dr. Allen will bring them up to me. All right, thank you, thank you. So it, that really is, this wasn't part of it, but I, I really want you to think about that. You lost something very important to you, like your wallet. Cash is gone, credit card is gone. You don't know where it is. Uh, maybe you've been overseas and you've lost your passport. And What do you do? Like I did up here, sitting up here. You, you, maybe some of you, I was going through my pockets wondering. I even looked, you know that commercial where the guy has them on his head? I love that. And the wife said, I can't, I don't know where they are. Well, what do you do when you lose something that's very important, very significant to you? You panic. And then you search with a passion until you find what you've lost. You'll even tear the house apart if that item is all that significant. Well, this morning we're going to look at two great parables that Jesus taught in Luke chapter 15. And these parables are wonderful stories that Jesus uses to illustrate the love and the compassion that God has for every person. They're a beautiful truth of God seeking out the sinner, seeking out backslidden Christian, and then rejoicing when he finds them. God cares about all of us equally. And God is not going to stop, he, he is going to stop everything to find us, to care for us. Beloved, we serve a good shepherd, a great shepherd whose heart is for us to be found, to be rescued, to be renewed. It's when we believe that truth that we find our true significance in life. Now, normally people base significance upon four things. What people say about you, and that's good sometimes, it's bad sometimes. We uh, base our significance upon our successes. Again, sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad. Ask anybody in NFL, Major League Baseball, or uh, basketball. You know, that last three-pointer that you missed that you really needed, everybody thinks bad about you. But if you made it, they think well of you. We depend upon our, base our significance on our looks sometimes. And then we do it with our money. Those are the four things. Now, when, when I base my significance on any of those four ways, I'm setting myself up for a letdown because the, all of those can change. Well, this morning, we're going to see three ways to know that you are incredibly significant to God. If you found the text, I want you to stand with me, please, as we read all the way down through verse 10. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to Jesus to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulder, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, 
for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Verse 8, or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends, her neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. May God bless the reading and the hearing of his word. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we open your word, we ask you to open our eyes that we might behold wonderful truths out of your law. God, I pray that you administer your grace. Holy Spirit, that you would speak to each of us in a very special way today to help us learn how significant we are in your eyes, what you really think of us, and that we can put aside what the world says, what the devil says, what our flesh says, and we can just believe and trust in you. And this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. First thing I want you to see this morning is that God has a passionate heart for you. God has a passionate heart for you. Now, I could have just said that God loves you, but that's too generic. For what we see in this text is more than that God loves you. God is passionate about you. I'm so thankful today that God has a passionate heart for us. I'm so glad that Jesus loves sinners that he goes out of his way to find them and rejoices over them. If that were not true, none of us could be here today. The very context of these parables is found in the first two verses. Jesus has gathered himself together with some uh, not-so-good people. But he always does that, doesn't he? he? He likes to hang out with them. And it was the Pharisees who are grumbling. They say, look at this guy, receiving sinners. And he even eats with them. That was a no-no to the rabbis and the, the Pharisees, the scribes of that day. Having a meal with the outcasts of that day showed that Jesus truly loved messed up people. Like me. Like some of you. He desires to be in the presence of messed up people. Now, by the Pharisees and scribes grumbling like they did, it opened Jesus up to tell them a, a parable. Now, these, there's three parables altogether. We don't have time for the third one. But um, it teaches us that God has no pleasure over the death and the ruin of sinners like uh, so many people believe. God doesn't have any pleasure in that, but he has great pleasure in their return, in their repentance. He has great pleasure that he can rejoice when they do. You know that what you think about God shapes your whole relationship with him? What you believe God thinks about you determines how close you will grow toward him? It's like this. If you see God as that policeman who's always there on 69, you know, just over the hill, just waiting to get you, well, that, that's how you're going to perceive God, and you're going to fear God. 
You may see him like the strict school teacher that you had, always given the hardest tests so he could give you Fs. Boy, and just loved that everybody failed. And you think that's the way God wants to treat you. Or maybe you see him as an angry judge just waiting to throw the book at you, always going to give the guilty, you know, the hanging judge. See, God is none of those things. God is one who loves you. Maybe you've never felt God has a passionate love for you, but he does. You might even believe that God really has something against you. Your thoughts are perhaps if I could witness better, maybe if I prayed more, maybe if I lived a better life, maybe then I could truly belong to him. Maybe then I could have a closer walk with thee. You believe the lie that your worth is based on performance. You felt that you lived, if you lived good through the week, God accepts you. If you don't, God rejects you. Remember what we said a few weeks ago? God's love is placed on you, not based on you. I don't want you to forget that. It's not based on what you do or can do or have done. It's all based on what Jesus is and and how much he has a passion for you. I want you to think about how passionate God is for you. To show how passionate God is, he tells this story, this parable, that he's willing to leave the 99 just to seek you out, to restore you, to save you, bring you back into the fold, bring you into the family of God. And what does he do when he finds you? He rejoices. He loves it. This is good news for the people who struggle with believing that they matter to God. You really matter to God. You matter so much that the Lord passionately seeks you out as if you were the only one. I heard someone say that a long time ago. If I were the only one that had ever sinned, God would have still come. He would have still died on the cross just for me. That's the way I want you to remember God. He is passionate about you. So many times I speak to people who love to beat themselves up over things that they've done wrong. And they fail to see that they matter to God because they're focused on those other four things, their, their looks, their money, their, their performance. Maybe it's you today who says, I don't see how I am significant to God. I'm not good at anything. I really don't see how I'm worth anything to God. This is for those who say all of my life I, I've been told I belong at the end of the line. With all the other not quites, with all the never get it rights, because what we find in these parables is that it turns out they're the ones I've been looking for all this time. No, that wasn't me. That's Casting Crowns. There's a wonderful song called Nobody. Download it, listen to it. It'll bless your heart. He says, all my life I've been told I don't belong. All my life I've been told to go to the end of the line. Remember that in in, uh, elementary school when they picked the teams? You're the last one. All the other, all the, with all the other not quites, with all the never get it rights. But see, that's who God is searching for. He's he's looking for the A1 and, and the F class. He loves us all equally. 
It's hard to believe that God could love us so much because of our lives. We know that we're far from perfect. We know that we're maybe battling addiction or we're weighed down under the pressures and the concerns of this world. But God is passionately loving you today. The God of heaven will go to any length to assure you of that love, that care, that compassion that he has for you. And nothing will bring him more joy than finding you and restoring you, helping you every day. Here's the second proof that you're incredibly significant to God. Ready for this? God never gives up on you. God will never give up on you. To that person who believes that God doesn't love or want you anymore, who believes that they're dirty, defiled, they're bad, they can't do anything right, I have good news for you today. God will never give up on you. Now, people may give up on you. You may give up on yourself, but God never gives up on you. And he shows it in that second parable, that parable of the lost coin. Here's a woman that tears her house apart to find one missing coin. Why? Because it was so important to her. And Jesus is telling us here, he's saying that you are so incredibly significant to God that he will never give up on you. He will search and search and search. He will keep coming back, keep coming back. He'll never give up on you. Today's a day in which many people give up on life. And I think we've been taught this through appliances. What happens if your oven goes out? Anybody want to tell me what you do? You know what most people do today, modern people? They go to Lowe's. They go get a new one. They switch them out. What do you want us to do with the old one? Just take it away. I don't need it. We, we replace everything. Every little thing has to be replaced instead of repaired. So we don't believe in repair anymore. When I, I was uh, first out of the military, I worked for a, a defense company, and we, we had things called plug and play. You, you had a unit that went out, you just pull it out, plug in a new one, and it goes. That's the way we see life anymore. We, we don't see life as overcoming. We don't see life as getting better. People have given up on themselves. They've given up on God. They've given up on their dreams. They've given up on their marriages. They'll just get a new one. Many people have given up on their children. But God never gives up on you. You are his number one priority. Just like that one lost sheep to the shepherd. Just like that one lost coin to this woman. God never gives up until he finds you and he'll shower you with his care. This chapter is directed at both lost that are here today. It's directed to the Christian who has wandered, your wandering sheep from the flock, your lost coin from the, that was owned by the woman. Even the, the third story, the prodigal son was still a son. This speaks to the Christian that has wandered, who has hid, who has left in rebellion. We wander, we hide, we leave because we've made a mistake. And we feel like we're no longer a part of the family. So we give up. You know why we give up? We give up because life's difficult. You know what's really difficult in life? Apologizing. It's, it's very difficult to say, you know what, I was wrong, I'm sorry. It's hard to say. 
It's difficult to admit when you've made a mistake. And now some make a little bit of an effort. I love the apology. I'm really sorry for what I said. But if you didn't do what you did, I will. that's not a good apology. And when you try to do this on your own, it's difficult. But I've got good news. God says, I'll be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And with his help, with his strength, you can overcome those difficulties. We, we, we give up because life is difficult. We give up because of the distractions that are in life. We sometimes forget the important things of life. And, and we get caught up in the distractions of the world and from the devil. And before we know it, we're so far away that the things that matter most, we've given up on. We've turned our back. I say all that to say this. Aren't you glad that not, God never gives up on, on you? Aren't you glad that God is patient with you? That he doesn't give up the moment that you become that hard-hearted or, or slow to change or difficult to handle? God will never give up on you, Christian. God will never give up on you. Lost man, lost woman, lost young person here today, God will never give up on you. His number one goal is for you to be in his family. I got to tell you, sometimes the church even gives up on people too soon, but God doesn't. Families give up on each other too soon, but God never will. Don't think God is finished just because you don't see visible changes with your physical eyes today. Just keep on praying because God is going to keep on loving you. God never gives up on his people but patiently seeks until he finds. As a church, one of our main purposes is to tell people that they matter to God. And that's what we need to be about doing, not judging, not pointing fingers, but having a hand, reach out to them, to bring them in, to remind them that God sent his one and only son for their salvation, for their life everlasting. To tell others that Jesus is the one and the only one where they're going to find life and hope, forgiveness, peace, purpose you may feel unloved but in this place you're going to find the love of God that he'll give you through his people you may feel rejected yet in Jesus you are accepted we accept you here in this church we accept you into this body just as Christ accepted us and listen you may be battling some sin but Jesus will give you the forgiveness of that sin he didn't come into this world to condemn the world and we're not here to condemn you either the church is not a place for perfect people it's a place for broken people who find the healing salvation of a loving god our final proof this morning number three god continually rejoices over you that's how significant you are god continually not not just when you're saved God continually rejoices over you. It's like the mother with the new baby. 75 pictures an hour on Facebook. You know, just rejoicing over that new child. 
And then they turn two. <laughs> now they're videos. The screaming. No, let's not go there. I want you to think of the last time you lost your keys, that you lost your wallet. You lost a remote control. I didn't think of that one. That's a, that's a big one in my family. You lost your credit card. You, you search and you search and you finally find it. What do you do when you find it? Do you grab that wallet and go, where have you been? Why did you separate yourself from me, silly? What do you do? You, first of all, you tell everybody who you've got looking for, I found it. And they all come, where was it? Uh, like my wife said, the last place you had it. So, um, but, but you rejoice. You think about now what all we can do. We can go to McDonald's now. And everybody can have the, big, the, the happy meal, you know? When you lose something that has value to you, your heart aches until you find it. And when you find it, you're overjoyed because that which was lost is now found. Those coins, they may have represented this woman's dowry. Uh, many times a woman would uh, create a garment, a headwear or a dress and sew that dowry, those coins into it to show her worth, what she's gonna to bring to a marriage. She would have been overjoyed to recover that lost coin. And this is just a little bit about what it is like when God found you. Listen to the verses again that we have uh, read this morning. Uh, Luke chapter 15, verse five. And when he found the sheep, the shepherd lays it on his shoulder rejoicing, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his neighbors and his friends saying, rejoice with me. For I found my sheep that was lost. Verse 7, so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents, over the 99 righteous person who needed no repentance. Do you hear how much God rejoiced over that one person? And then in verse 9, the woman finds the coin and says, rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I lost. And Jesus says, just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over the one sinner who repents. Beloved, you and I will never know how much God has, has rejoiced, has, has had joy, the joy that it brought to the heart of God when we turned to him to be our savior. You know, we, we think about that time and whenever you lead someone to the Lord or see someone get saved, boy, it just touches your heart. You begin to weep and, and it's just wonderful. That's the way it is in heaven. That's God. That's not the angels. That's not the saints. When it says before the, the, uh, before the angels of God, you know where the angels of God are? They're around the throne singing, holy, holy, holy. Go look it up, Isaiah 7. It was God that is rejoicing. God that is just so happy that you got saved. And if you're far from him today, he'll be that happy when you come home. Jesus is the only one who loves you so much that he left heaven's perfection to come to the sinful earth to rescue sinners like us. There is only one way imperfect people like us find life to the full, and that is because Jesus gave his life.
for us. He died on the cross of Calvary for us. He rose again for us. He's coming again for us. So many people try to find their significance in what others think of them, in, in their accomplishments and their looks and their money. They all have their highs and lows, and sometimes we'll be at the top, but we'll find ourselves at the bottom. Jesus is saying today, you are incredibly significant to me. My love for you is always the same. I passionately love you. I will never give up on you. I will continually celebrate when you give your life to me. So if you're here today and you are lost, Jesus wants you to know exactly how he feels about you. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. Picture yourself as that lost sheep. Picture yourself as that lost coin. He's been searching because you are incredibly significant to him. So we as a church would ask you to give your life to Jesus. We're going to have a time of invitation in just a moment. That's a time where we invite you to come forward. Just leave that seat. Come, come down the aisle. I'll be right here at the front. We'll have others that can counsel with you, talk to you. The greatest joy you'll bring to this church, the greatest joy you'll bring to heaven is to give your heart to the one who loves you the most. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your passion for us. God, I know that we don't see how incredibly significant we are, but we are so thankful that you do. Help us to see that this morning. For that lost person today, give them the courage to come forward to confess you as their Lord and Savior. Give that Christian who is backslidden the courage today to come and, and to repent and just to return as your child, as your son, as your daughter. And this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, church, you have any questions? Sure, go ahead. Sure.